When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome everyone to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that's regularly been insulted on social media and we haven't asked for ID once. No, not once. Not interested in who they are. <laughs> Just today. No, it's been an interesting yeah. one, hasn't it? But you know, it's let's not one. let's not we'll dwell about, on that one. We'll talk about this. I'm sure we'll talk about some of this stuff later. But yeah, we will. Anyway, I am Lee. Hello, everybody. And over there is hi. I'm Josh, public enemy number one. Public enemy. Yeah. Yeah. What have you? You know, you're a Bond villain level of disgracefulness. So. Yeah. A pariah. Right, cunt. Yeah, woof. We're starting early, everybody. It's Monday. <laughs> the Six Nations is over, but not yet, but not yet over. We don't really know what to do with ourselves, apart from getting very upset at the weekend. Josh, what did you do? Um, I uh, threw myself into uh, DIY on Sunday as a means to kind of tell me more. Just tell me more. Uh, I built a couple of planters. You know, did you build so, those yourself, or were they out of a box screwed together? Uh, a little bit of a column A, a little bit of column B. I mean, I didn't I like, like pl- I didn't plane everything, but I did sort of attach things together. It took a lot longer than I thought. I thought this will be easy. Things always easy. take longer than you think, cost more money than you think. Yeah. And let me tell you this: you always need more skip than you think. Yes, 
Four tons skip will do, you say to yourself. And then after an hour, you're like, why is my skip full? Mm. Four tons sounded like a lot. <laughs> Indeed. Well, it, it planter thing, I was like, you've got two massive bags of bloody topsoil there. This planter's only, you know, about sort of two foot by a foot. Yeah. You, you can, it's not going to take all that, all that soil when, isn't it? Yeah. With, plen- with room to spare. More topsoil than you think. A lot of gardening action. I was gardening this weekend. I was digging, digging up tree roots with a pick. Oof, that's miserable stuff. It was. Lots and lots of tree roots coming through. My garden, yeah, I won't boil it anyway. I made the mistake. <laughs> I also installed some sleepers to make a bed, you know, like a line of sleepers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I did that in our old house. Sleepers are fucking heavy. They are. That's what, they are. That's what I learned when I did that, yeah. I made the mistake of calling me dad halfway through and said, Dad, uh, such and such, sleeper, such and such. 20 minutes later, he explained how I'd... You know when you're like... You know when you know that you should dig a trench and you know you should level it off with sand and you know yeah, all yeah, of these yeah. things, but you think, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then you yeah. mis- make the mistake of calling your dad who tells you all of that and then you can't ignore it anymore. <laughs> but it'll be fine. It it'll, will be it'll, fine. It'll be fine. And um, and also, we have a, I have another problem when I'm gardening, particularly when I'm swinging a pickaxe at tree roots, in that the dog just stands about six inches away from me, dropping oh, the ball, stuff. as if to say, come on, let's have a good time. And I'm like, no, there will be no good time here, because you'll step forward a bit too quickly, and this pack pickaxe will go through your rib cage. Didn't happen, <laughs> thankfully, but dogs, man. No. So when you're knackered dogs. and sick of doing shit, and the dog's just dropping the ball by your feet the entire time. It's I mean, I know ideal, you could put it? him inside. I know that. You could. But then he looks but, at you, you know, through the window you like want... a prisoner. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to just, ha- every time you turn around, him just be sort of quite literally giving you the puppy dog eyes. Yeah, like that scene from Midnight Express when that woman takes the top off and presses him up against the glass, <laughs> but it's a dog. <laughs> Probably. It's exactly like that. Yeah. And I stood there crying because I can't quite get to him. Yeah. So don't let it ever not be said that gardening with a dog is a bit like Midnight Express. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. That is all I'm saying. If you want to get in touch with us and tell us about your gardening action, I'm at Blood and Mud on Twitter. But people know that because they've been giving me a bit of abuse. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and also <laughs> leahbloodandmud.com. And, and where, where are you out there? Uh, as if people didn't know this yeah, weekend. As if people didn't know. <laughs> uh, at Josh Gardner. Uh, at rocked underscore mag and uh, at the doghouse. Still, still can't quite get used to you saying that new Twitter handle. I know. It freaks me out. Weird for me as well. Um, yes. So we're also, of course, if you're a patron now, you can message via the patrons. You can also get in touch with us via the Facebook group, the mm-hmm. nice secret specials Facebook group, which which we're all enjoying. We're on Acast, we're on Apple, we're on patreon.com slash blood and mud, as you well know. Um, and this is the first episode, isn't it, Josh, where we will be rewarding our patrons with the full pod. Oh, yes. So, I mean, in what I think people will class as rightfully silencing me, <laughs> um, the public will only get half of what the uh, the patrons get of podcasty goodness. Indeed. So I'd like to thank everybody, continually thanking everybody, that considers our full ramblings worth... Well, it's mm. just shy of 50p a week, really. Anyway. Yeah, it's impressive, that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and uh, if you pay for the year up front, 20 quid for the year up front, it's even cheaper. It's about 38p a week, I think. Well, that's probably out. more about what, like what I think we're worth, it's if I'm brutally right, honest. Yeah. But, yeah. And we've welcomed a number of you this week because you heard this news, so thank you very much. 
for, for, for committing to that. And also, we've welcomed a number of you into the aforementioned Facebook group. Lots of nice chat going on in there. We have indeed. We've got, I don't know, 180-odd people in More there. More now. 200-plus in nice, there now. Fuck me, 200-plus now. Wow. Yeah. I've always just been letting people in, not telling you. <laughs> Taking a five off and letting them in. I think, think it's a little, uh, it's, it's becoming like a little bit of a competition, isn't it? You know, who's going to get the notification to admit someone <laughs> yes. first, you know. And of course you won't get in to... unless you've got the secret answer to the secret question, Absolutely. which you only I have get. Told, I, have to, I have told some people to fuck off as well. If they've not answered the question correctly, Ooh. if they're not saying, if they're not answering the question, they're not getting in. No wonder you get a load of shit I, on Twitter. You're a cruel man. Look. No, I don't make them. I mean, I did literally make the rules, but... Well. <laughs> but you don't make them either. <laughs> yeah, but I also don't make them. I can't help the fact I've got to enforce these rules I've made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, if you still want all the magic of all yes. this entire pod that will stretch out in front of you, uh, mm. then plus, let's not just... Not, not just that, you'll get extra episodes, yeah. no adverts, the Facebook group, and I think more important than anything, our eternal love and gratitude, really. If you go to yeah. patreon.com slash blood and mud and sign up, two quid a month or 20 quid for the year if you pay up front, we'll, give, we'll, we'll get you all of those things. However, if you pay five quid or 50 mm-hmm. quid for the year, you will get your name read out and a chance for us to give you a nice biography or have a go at giving you a biography. I have to say, it's been a fucking bumper week because <laughs> everyone's right signing up. And I'm telling you, you better strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen, because, yeah. um, because we've got quite a few to get through. We tried to limit it to, to a, a limited number of characters, like the original version of Twitter before it went mad. Yeah. Um, so starting off, we're going to get through this as quick as we can. I feel like I should play the pick of the pops music, but I haven't got it teed <laughs> up on my phone. But um, so we've got we've got a few here, and mm. um, just a reminder: thank you all. All of these people and the other people who signed up this week will get the entire pod. Everyone else is getting a truncated version, and we're going to let you know when you're all disappearing. So here we go. First of all, we've got Alex Bullock, who's coming to the VIP lounge. Thank you, Alex. Alex. I have Alex as a fullback for Northampton in the late 2000s, who only got Mm -hmm. three starts because of Bruce Ray Harner. Fair enough, really. He's now trying hard to get a gaming YouTube channel off the ground. It's been three years, and he's got 45 subscribers. I don't fancy his chances, but, you know, just just has to be a little bit more controversial. But he kept trying. He kept trying to get in that Northampton team, and he's keeping on trying to get this gaming channel going. Exactly, commitment is a big, is you know, outlasting people. That's how you win in this game. You know, who's first on your list, Josh? Let's alternate these bad boys. First up with E is Bruce McConaughey, uh, deluded outside half for Alloa Academicals. He absolutely refuses to stop calling the Sexton loop to himself. <laughs> despite having absolutely no pace to speak of, so that once he does that little peel back, he just gets instantly tackled by the man on the inside. Just, I like just it. keeps going, just keeps calling it. Next up in the VIP, we've got Gavin Thomas. Gavin was born in Tonrevel to a Welsh mum and an Antiguan father. He's a two-sport international in cricket and rugby. Unfortunately, it's the wrong way round in terms of national prestige. He played rugby for Antigua and cricket for Wales. Lovely stuff. Next up. Next up for me is Dan Mears, uh, hooker of Torquay Tonkers RSC uh, and younger brother to former Bath and England hooker Lee. Uh, He's also the cousin of famous outdoorsman Ray, but they don't like to talk about that side of the family. Is Ray Mears the one that died? I don't think he is, is he? No, that's Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah. I'm Ray, Mears is the, Ray Mears is the bushcraft bloke. I'm getting my safari suit. 
people yeah, mixed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, you are. Attenborough's still alive, incredibly. Yeah. Irwin dead, Mears. Mears alive. Mears alive. Strong Tory vibes from Mears, if I'm honest. I like Mears, though, because he went, and, survi- he went and survived quietly. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for that. He wasn't <laughs> shouting. He wasn't, like, saying that we're all soft as a country, like a lot of these twats do now. Yeah. He wasn't shouting like Bear Grylls. He seems like an, we have an authority. He's actually a nice fella. But Mears just wandered around quietly, didn't he? Looking like, you know, somebody yeah. should have a gaming channel, frankly. Frankly, yes. Just sort Unless of explaining say, how you, you can drink this water because there's no heavy metals in it because I've just smelled it or something. <laughs> On his Wikipedia page, it has like in the little bio thing, it has like obviously born, nationality, occupation, employer. And then under known for, it just has bushcraft, which is... That's the I dream, mean, isn't it? That is the dream. I mean, his TV show was literally called Raymere's Bushcraft and it's, it's now all the, what he's known for. That's like- the definition of a successful TV show. I liked, I'd love to be known for something like, like I'd love to, my Wikipedia, if I have one, which I won't have one, just said Lee Calvert, mm. raconteur. Yeah. Do you know bon what I mean? It's not yeah. right, but I just love that idea of, of something, just, <laughs> that, what they're most known for is just telling stories and hanging yeah. to, to crowds of people. If only, eh? Where are we up to? Fucking almost in the names, aren't we? Sorry. Next up, yeah, for are. me, Rory mm. Kemet, I've got. Big second row for tinfoil fillings RFC. Lovely stuff. Rory refuses to jump in a line out because he states it's against his religion. Fair and enough. they can't touch him because yeah. in this world, protected category. Political correctness gone mad, mate. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculousness. <laughs> next up, Josh. Uh, next up for me, Nathan Atkins, uh, flaky outside centre for her wine winos RFC. Uh, a lovely step, a lovely eye for the gap. But uh, he's got one leg shorter than the other, so he can only ever step left. <laughs> that reminds me of when Lenny Woodard came on here, and he said, <laughs> and he, he said, he said he walked with a limp. I said, well, how do you run? He said, I run with a limp. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, it was simple, really. I should have thought yeah. it through. But <laughs> um, next up, we've got I've got Dylan As- Asbury. Now, let me tell you, Josh. Dylan Asbury is a man so generous, I genuinely mm. thought he'd made a mistake with his subscription and offered to <laughs> refund him some money. And he said no. And honestly, I won't embarrass him by saying, but honest to God, Dylan, I, thank you. You lunatic. And I've got Dylan Asbury as a mouthy scrum half and his yeah. chirping and chivying transfers to nights out where he drives the round early forces people to buy more drinks, causes double parking of pints among all his teammates because of his round driving, and then he falls asleep in a toilet cubicle by 8.45 without fail. There's always one, isn't there? There's always one, and it's usually Dylan, but we'll forgive Mm. him anything, believe me. Indeed. Next up. Uh, Next up is Martin Lewis, uh, who's club secretary of Kingsmill Loafers RFC. Uh, before which he was a cerebral scrum half for the second 15. Um, but he absolutely not, and I repeat, will not give you advice about saving money, <laughs> no matter how hard you ask. Yeah. Talks very loud and fast, Martin Lewis. Doesn't he just? Well, he's got a lot of information he needs to get yeah, out there. so much he needs to get out there. The injustice yeah. that bounces around his head he has to tell people about. Because of these shithouse companies he has to constantly pull out. Um, <laughs> next up, we've got Tristan Taylor. Yep. Thank you, Tristan. Floppy-haired Tristan was a wunderkind at Gloucester 
was seen as England's latest solution to the permanent crisis at 12 in the 2000s before a cruel fetlock injury saw him being overtaken by Ricky Flutie. He then moved to fullback and then to the Cotswolds. It's a lovely place to retire to. Yeah, indeed. Next. Uh, Next is Kevin Sheeran. Uh, A willowy lock for Galway Girders RFC. Uh, His impressive stature is rendered almost totally pointless by the fact that he absolutely refuses to jump as a line-out. Morally, ethically, he thinks that jumping should never have been allowed and he's just not going to do it. I'm liking this. I think him and, uh, him and Rory should get together as a, as a, yeah. as a nail-to-the-floor, second-row, on-principle pairing. <laughs> uh, next up, I've got the last three now. You've got none left, have you? No, I'm right. done. I've got the last three because two more came in this afternoon and one came in just before we started recording, which I've not got around to doing. But anyway, so the last oh, yeah. three are. Are you ready? First of all, thank you very much to Geraint Jones. Geraint played 130 times for Dragons at outside centre and yet not a single person can remember him doing so. Everybody knows those guys, don't they? They do, don't they? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the ones you pretend to remember. Mm. So you do, he played 130, and you go, oh yeah, I remember. I don't fucking remember him, but I should do, because he played 130 <laughs> times. <with Dragons. laughs> uh, next up, we have Will Parslow in the VIP lounge. Will Parslow, too many weights, not enough speed work, and he's a winger. It's a it's a hell of a way to get dropped, that, isn't it? It is. Uh, finally, we've got Hugh Bocut. Or Hugh Bocut. Bocut? Sorry, Hugh, you'll have to help me out there. Hugh Bocut. Open side at International Club Bongo RFC. Still wears pads, gloves, a nose-breathing plaster and Adidas Koala boots in 2021. <laughs> Look, some people just find a, th- a recipe that works and they stick with it, you know? Thank you, everybody. Indeed. Absolutely All everybody that supports us, especially those people in the top VIP um, section. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we've, we've, we've done our best at giving you something there. But honestly, there's a lot to think about this week. Yeah. It's, it's, it, when they start coming thick and fast like that, it's quite hard to think of seven individual jokes, you know? Thank you. As as people don't, we don't just, usually have. Well, I was going to say, as you've just heard, and also as you know, we don't usually get seven decent individual jokes throughout the course of a podcast. So. No, indeed, and we expect people to pay for this, Josh. I know. Honestly, the cheek of it. I can see why people are emailing me telling me they don't agree with it. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. pay then. It's fine. You'll be happy. I'll be happy. It's fine. Um, those you do pay, we love you. We begin as we always begin. With a player spotted, don't we, Josh? Damn right we do. Paul Johns has emailed in on the Patreon messaging service because Paul's one of those good people. And he said, your desperate plea for more players spotted has caused me great sympathy here in COVID-free New Zealand. Oh, Paul, you'll be like going out into the pubs, games, enjoying loving life, no masks. You could have gone and seen the Wiggles this week, couldn't you? Were they in New Zealand this week? Wiggins and Wiggles were in New Zealand. And only one of them left. Are they a bit like the Who? Are they still allowed to be called the Wiggles because there's so few of them left now? (laughs) Or is it like uh, UB40 where there's just warring competing (laughs) bands? Like Dollar. Various members. Uh, Bucks Fizz, that happened to Bucks Fizz as well. It did happen for Bucks Fizz, yeah. Uh, Anyway, so Paul says... I thought I would share with you one from the 1990s. It's even better, this, Paul. I mean, straight to the 90s. It's where we live. 
which I'm sure you will appreciate. I was a student at Otago, and the Tri-Nations were still an exciting, new, shiny thing at the time. All of Dunedin was a buzz at the Wallabies coming to Carisbrook, but I was after a bit of a break from the relentless tide of rugby fever that can strike provincial New Zealand on, on such occasions. So I headed into an arty sort of hippie cafe called Modax that would usually be a rugby munter-free zone. Ahead of me in the queue for a coffee were two men in black coats. Gee, I thought to myself, says Paul. Did you really think that, though, Paul? Did you think, gee, to yourself? I don't think anybody does that. But I see what you're saying. Fucking hell. (laughs) Who are these big fuckers? Yeah. Well, yeah, he says, you don't often see two blokes that tall in one day, let alone in one place, Paul thought to himself. He says, the penny only dropped when they turned around and I realised it was Robin Brooke and Ian Jones. Hello. I'll tell you what, if it went off in that cafe, they'd have been... You'd, you'd, <laughs> I was going to say, you'd have, know where to stand, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what sort of coffee they had ordered, but in those days, it would have had proper milk and all that soy nonsense. I mumbled something like, good luck, and ordered my long black. <laughs> ordered a long black in, two, in, in front of, in front two, of two, all blacks. two long all blacks. Yeah. Yes. Excellent stuff. Robin Brooke yeah. and Ian Jones. <sighs> Ian Jones... How yeah. did somebody so good at rugby look nothing like they should be good at rugby? Well, he's got big uh, Brody Retallick energy there, isn't he? But he's not even... Retallick is at least massive. Like, you know, he displaces a lot of volume it's as true, well as being but... tall. Ian Jones was kind of just tall yeah. and looked a bit gangly and yet was one of the best second rowers that's ever played the game. Yeah, it's weird that, isn't and it? And John Eels was big, was I mean, tall and big, you know, like... He, he, an imposing figure. Maybe maybe he was bigger Ritalik, than I'm giving him credit Ritalik, for. The thing is, Ritalik isn't. like Because I met Ritalik in 2015, and I thought he he looked like somebody who was there to fix the computers. Mm. Like, even though I know in my brain that Brody Ritalik is a very tall man and one of the best second rows of the modern era, he just doesn't... Contrast to somebody like McCaw, who's not even that tall, but carries himself with an aura. Like, Roger Italic just sort of... He's got a bit of a Clark Kent thing going on. He mm. comes off the field and he sort of hunches a little bit and he puts some glasses on and he just looks like a totally different human being. It's weird. So, two, I mean, genuine legendary All Blacks in a yeah, coffee shop in the 90s. Legendary. That's a proper spot, that is. Sorry, my phone's ringing. That's me dad. That'll be me That'll be me dad. Sleeper mithering. <laughs> no, it's even worse. I phoned him today about hiring a mini digger, so this will be it now. I love oh, my dad, but this will be it now every three hours the rest of the week. <laughs> I am looking forward to getting a mini digger though and having a drive around that in my garden. Tell you what, there's a where we go on our sort of daily COVID sanctioned constitutional, um there's a whole like somebody's basically they've knocked down their fence, right? Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. fence pass backs onto the cycle path. And they're building a a wall situation, right? And not now, Dad. <laughs> when I walk past, right, they they were literally getting in a, not only a mini digger, but a mini little fucking dumper truck, and like a second, like a, a mini sort of one of those things that what do you call it? Like an earth mover, like one of those things that bulldozer. Yeah, bulldozer. Why the fuck did I forget what a bulldozer was? Yeah, so a mini bulldozer, mini, like... Oh, I'll tell you what, this is like the dream, isn't it? it this is like real-life Tonka. Yeah, exactly. They were Because they were only... And it was like the miniest thing. Like, it was basically the size of a shopping trolley, 
but it was a little dumper. Well, they make it so they can go through doors and narrow exactly. gates, don't they? Yeah, They're yeah. 700 mil wide. Oh, yeah. It's genius. I mean, Incredible you know, stuff. capitalism has its problems, but my God, the fact it's created a mini digger, you can get through your door. Yeah, you've got to you've got to give it to these guys. You know, they've they've seen the market and they've gone. Well, we can't get a sort of normal mini digger through there. We're going to have to make one that can fit through a house door, to which everybody's gone. Well, that's adorable <laughs> and powerful and a powerful. perfect cocktail, <laughs> adorable and powerful, like Louis Rees Summit. Exactly. So just surprisingly powerful, but undeniably adorable. Speaking of going out for your for your COVID sanctioned COVID sanctioned perambulation, the mm-hmm. um, clocks go forward this Saturday, do they not? They do. So you're in seriously last knockings of big light or lamp. Yeah, big light or lamp is, is is really struggling at the moment. You know, we're we're at a point where sunset is is you know around the sort of half seven eight o'clock territory, and people yeah. aren't even putting their light. It's it's. And nobody's, I mean, you're not going out that time of night. That's a, that's yeah. a get in job, isn't it? And even if you have got, even if people have got the lights on, we're in that sort of weird thing where people still got the curtains open, but the lights on and thereby ruining the game. So yeah, it's proper <laughs> vinegar that. strokes of people that game now. Closing, <laughs> you're ruining the game. <laughs> I think you should send a mail shot to your estate. Explain yeah, I'll get, them. I'll get on next door and say, oi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right then so that was the player spotted thank you Paul you have saved us a bit there anybody else who's got a player spotted because we are we know the thing on the ground and the difficult please go mm. back in history yeah remember cast your mind back make stuff up I don't even care just give yeah. us something to read out so well, that's at Blood and Mud or the Patreon messaging service or the Facebook group I suppose if you're a patron now you can do that as well so yeah send us something share them all let's get a thread going let us do what I what can only be described, Josh, as the news. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of news, well, is there? Well, we'll see. I mean, dep- depends on your definition of news, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Here's some news. Everyone's yeah. Lions teams are shit. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was Awful. obvious anyway. But bloody hellfire. We're doing ours so, next week, by the way, if you're waiting yeah. for it. We're, we're waiting until the absolute over. end of the Six Nations. Yeah. We don't have an editor, not as you can no. tell. So <laughs> we haven't had a load of fucking stories ready to go since last Wednesday to fire out first thing Monday morning. So, Indeed. It was pretty... Uh, everyone that I've read pretty much has made me think that people have not been watching the Six Nations or any rugby since the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Do you remember when um, back in the... Well, it seemed like the whole of my childhood and and early adulthood Mm -hmm. when Annie Lennox would basically win Best Female at the Brits. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she might not have had an album out for the past four years, she was still nominated. Mm -hmm. This is what the Lions feels like. It feels like people have made the mind up that Annie Lennox is the best open side and therefore she's going in, regardless of the fact she's not had a, a single out for a long time. Yeah, it is, there's a big that energy to a lot of the Lions selections because there's a lot more England players than should be on basis of performance recently, I think. And I think a lot of them just decided that they were going to pick these lads at the start of the tournament and... It's too late to go back now. It's an interesting conversation, isn't it, about what people decide equals of Lions calibre and don't. 
Because they're very yeah, clear that true. Scottish people are not generally of Lions yeah. calibre, but no. English people are no matter how badly they play. Yeah, it's a strange which, is a weird, which is a weird thing, and I, I'm not entirely on board with it. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, me neither. It's very mm. well put, that, Josh, yeah. Mm. Uh, other news, new MLR rules. Have we seen that this this week? The MLR have new rules? Yeah, uh, mad ones, but I'm into it. 60 you know? seconds for a kick. Don't have a problem yeah. with that. Get on with it. Uh, if a try scored under the posts, it's automatically seven points. You don't have to faff about doing a conversion. Fine with it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't see what the no. need for it is, really, but I don't really have a problem no. with it either. Only two scrum resets per situation, which I think is a terrible idea. Uh, yeah, I, instantly that's going to just be gamed by any prop that's got half a brain. And it'll just force the ref to make a decision earlier Yeah. than after a, uh, two or three when it might have completed on the third one. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, I don't get it. I think it's it's yet a, it's another well-intentioned but not necessarily yeah. a smart attempt to, inverted commas, fix the scrum. I can see what you're trying to do there is what I would say, but mm. I wouldn't advise you continue mm. doing it. Yeah, agreed. Like my dad when he phones up and says, what are you doing, them sleepers? I can see what you're trying to do there, but I wouldn't advise you continue doing it without digging a trench. Um, and then the final one, of course, is the 20-minute red card, and then you get to bring a different player after 20 minutes, yeah. which Fuck is that, unneeded just... and stupid. Yeah. So a mixed bag. A mixed bag. But it is the yeah. you know, it is America. They like to, you know, let's be honest, they looked at rugby for 20 minutes in 1872 <laughs> and went, this is not for us. This scrum no. stupid. Let's create a new sport and have a forward pass. Let's be done with it. Quite. And then arguably created the greatest rugby-based and most successful rugby-based game in the entire world. So, Yeah, so, you know, who's to say, really? Who's to say? Do we want to do um, the Twitter news as part of the news thing now, or are you going to do it later? I suppose. I Not the news that we've had a row. The news. <laughs> talk about it whenever, I suppose. You know. So it's... the WRU wants vile abuse to stop. Yes, because of what's happened to Liam Williams. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I don't know if I'm um, if I'm an unnecessarily cruel person, right? But one of the examples mm. that they put forward was somebody calling him a bow-legged cunt, right? Now Which, that's not pleasant, right? It's not and nice. It's not pleasant. But I wouldn't really consider that to be vile. No, and one of them was calling him a fucking wet wipe, which is the sort of like. I can best describe it as Joe Marler-esque attempting to be funny. Yes. You know? It's just, and, it's not... I mean, nobody should be getting direct else. messages, should they? But... No. You know... Like, uh, you know, calling him a bow-legged cunt, saying, have that, you Welsh cunt. You know, unnecessary. No. You know? It's not exactly like Ian Wright getting all those DMs, comparing him to... Well, with the most horrible racist abuse you've ever heard, is it? No. Which is not to say you is, should allow it. I'm just saying let's where, not get this carried This is where away. I'm kind of... And, you know, I maybe I have skin in this game. Well, uh, you do, because you called him a moron on Twitter. Because I called him a, a moron, uh, which I stand by. That was one of the most moronic things that a Wales player has ever done in a test match in that situation. But, you know... I don't think, I just, at what point, I, I genuinely think like the WIU kind of 
lumping in everything, including criticism, with abuse, which is basically what they've done. Like, I don't, you know, I think it's a bit of a dick move to at people in when if you're saying something unpleasant about them. Some people's mileage varies on that. Mm. And, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, what, I'm not going to sort of say that if you at somebody in, then that's necessarily worse than just saying it in a public forum anyway. But, you know, some of the stuff that the WR put up was just like somebody expressing their opinion in a forthright way. There was nothing abusive about it. You can argue that it's abusive to at somebody in when you're talking to them about it, but like... Yeah, I don't think you need to... You don't need to introduce it into their world, do you? In terms no, of it, that's, DMs, there's it, no need to it do it. feels like a dick move. But there's nothing on the internet that says, you know, there's nothing against the law about being an arsehole. Like... Also... I know, has anybody attended a rugby game or any sporting game? And how many times people shout something like, oh, you fucking idiot, Yeah. when a player does something? Is it pleasant? No. Is it an essential part of fan culture? I think it probably is. Should you be asking people to stop doing it? I don't yeah, think it's so. like rugby started sniffing its own respect farts so enthusiastically that now... Respect even broads, you know, boils down to being able to criticize people in a public forum. And, you know, again, yeah, I'm not exactly unbiased in this, you know. But I mean, I've it was a, pretty I've soon had after... a discussion with Liam Williams's missus this afternoon, so Have obviously you? I'm not. Oh, yeah, okay. she, she came into my mentions. And, you know, it's. I disagree completely <laughs> with the notion that saying somebody's had a shit game or saying somebody's fucking did something moronic on the field or is an idiot for doing something stupid that cost their team a game can be lumped in with actual fucking abuse like <laughs> the stuff that Ashton Hewitt gets yes on the fucking reg for example or death threats you know, to LH Gens, yeah. for example. If, you know. Yeah. It's or like, the stuff Ian Wright deals with. Yeah, or the stuff that Ian Wright deals with. Or the, the horrendous misogynistic bullshit that pretty much every woman in rugby has to deal with. You know, we have to be very, very careful that we actually let stuff that is abuse be regarded as abuse and not just try to lump, you know, this whole hashtag be kind bollocks. It's like, if you're saying that anything that isn't kind is then lumped in with abuse, then that's hugely problematic and damaging and disrespectful to people who are actually being abused. And I, I just, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever get on board with that. And I, <laughs> Maybe I'm just too much of a cynical fuck. Maybe I'm too much of a fucking black hat. I just think but... that um, I just think that the history of sporting fan culture and a lot of like not films, TV, music. I know it's. I know that they're all people that are doing it, but a, a huge part of the fan culture is piss taking or, or expressing frustration or having an emotional reaction. 
I mean, you the, the tweet you did was, you know, at the end of the game and you were really fucked off. Yeah, I was, and, and we'll talk and that about happens. it, but Do you know what I, mean? I was and fucking devastated. And I'd point out, you know, before that, those Wales players had even had time to leave the fucking changing room, I'd looked at that tweet and gone, you know, I was a bit strong. <laughs> and I deleted it. Yeah, but then it, then you're a coward. So if you put yeah, it out there, the, you're a shitbag, and then you're a yeah. coward if you take it and down. There is, so the reason that somebody has seen it, and you know the reason that Liam Williams and his family have seen it, is people then screenshotting that and pointing it to them and going, ah, you deleted this now, but have a look at what this cunt said about you. And for me, that's no different than when you were at school and somebody would go, well, you never guess what so-and-so said about you. He's called you a right cunt. And it's like, that's sort of like... Fucking salacious crumb shit stirring is. I mean, that's a cunt's trick. Sorry, you're a cunt. The whole of humanity talks about the other people that aren't there when (laughs) they're not there. It's, 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 and I'm not saying it's nice, but it really, it's a way we cope with the world. Yeah. He sort of said, Did you hear that fucking idiot the other day? Do you know what I mean? Or gossip and shit stirring behind people's backs is uh, absolutely. An indelible facet of human <laughs> and it's very experience. Say, you wouldn't say it to the face. We're just like, no, of course I wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it to the face. But this is what we do sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. We let off steam a bit like this. Yeah. We enjoy it. We make each other laugh a bit by doing stuff like this. Not yeah. necessarily overtly cruel stuff. Just saying, did you see the state of that fucking fella's trousers yeah. yesterday or something, you know? Yeah. And that's the problem that I sort of... That's why I'm kind of slightly unrepentant about everything. Because it's like, you know, let he who has never fucking said something behind someone's back cast the first stone in that. Because it's very easy to go, oh, well, you're just a coward who's afraid to say anything about it. But, like, it's not... Is it, though? You know, Have you never done that? It's, it's, it's an like... entirely massive part of how the human race functions. Because we all get fucked off with each other at times of time for very different reasons. Yeah. And then go and sometimes you have to face what's it and tell somebody you're fucked off. Other yeah. times you just blow off steam by saying it to somebody else. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, somebody overhears it and you go, oh, fuck. Sorry, I was just fucking being The thing is, we never used to write this stuff down, did we? It always used to no. just disappear in the air out of a pub window or something. But No. And I understand that that then requires different rules of engagement, but then I also think that if you're a famous person, it's extremely easy to not have to deal with any of this stuff. I am not a famous person, and I don't have to deal with any of this stuff on Twitter because I have engaged with anti-trans people on the internet, and therefore that means that my mentions are now filtered to the point where only people who follow me and I follow them back actually appear and if you're if you've got a blue tick account your ability to streamline and reduce the number of people whose communications you can actually see are even more visible you know Ugo Monnier came out this morning trying to get people to sign that ridiculous fucking petition to make you have to have a fucking and I imagine Ugo Monnier has dealt with a lot of shit that is genuinely illegal and vile so I can understand why he'd be I understand why he cares about it but it's fucking hell it is a not a big like what he's suggesting is a terrible idea, and there are myriad reasons why it's a terrible idea, not least the fact that it basically then 
removes any protection that huge swathes of vulnerable people have to be anonymous on the internet and live their real lives and exp- you know say tell truths that they're not comfortable saying when they have a fucking driver's license put against it that's what the great thing about the internet that's the that's arguably the only good thing about twitter is that it allows vulnerable people and voiceless people to speak out without you know their fucking entire lives being up for grabs and to sort of try to to say that you want all of that removed because some famous people don't like how proles say mean things about them on the internet is pretty fucking stupid in my opinion and I, mean, I understand the intent behind it is positive, mm. but it's a, a proper fucking, you know, wily coyote-sized fucking sledgehammer to crack a fucking infinitesimally small walnut. Small walnuts, everyone. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was that. We could we could keep going. Oh, on. I don't really want to. I'm fucking bored of it. It's like. <sighs> I'm uh, gonna keep. I'm gonna keep having an opinion on the internet, as are you, as, as, as are I am, everyone. Yes. And the WIU is not going to stop us from doing it. I'm afraid. Dan Scarborough, who's not trying to stop you from doing anything, is actually he's the latest person to join the head injury group lit- litigation. That thing is oh, still yeah. rumbling on. That we've um, yeah. did an extra episode on just for Christmas, I think. Mm. When we, we spoke to Benches Neros of a. Uh, Sports and the law. And uh, yeah, so he's joined. I think there'll be more people. I think basically every time somebody gets diagnosed, which will be plenty, unfortunately, over the coming period, you're going to hear them signing up, aren't you? Because they're going to go, oh, fuck, that's me not working in yeah. 10 years then. So, I saw a thing on the weekend about uh, an AFL player whose brain oh, yeah. was so yeah, badly yeah. damaged by CTE that they didn't even need to dissect it to diagnose it. Such were... The visible, the, the micro clots, whatever it is, they yeah. Have in there such his brain basically was fucking a patchwork quilt of damage. Yeah, terrifying. Still, game's gone soft. <laughs> uh, Glasgow Warriors have signed Haguares flyer Sebastian Cantilieri. Yes, fun and games. I'd be excited. They've got some decent runners in that team. They've now, basically they? signed all the Haguares that didn't go to France or Leicester which is a smart move, in my opinion. Guy Elphick, who is off to Racing 92, speaking of the transfers. Yes, yeah. There was talk that he might uh, might go back to Toulouse, but, you know, they're going to have the international 12 and 13 of uh, Ficku and Vakatawa, which will be fun at any level, I'd imagine. All the orangina he can drink. Yeah. Is it the orangina man? Capri uh, Sunman. Capri Sunman is Stade Francais, yeah. Not oh, even he? that wasn't even that wasn't enough to entice him to stay. No, that's right. Yeah, they backed up a van load of a uh, Capri Sun, and he said, "No, sorry." He was fucking great on the way. I mean, he's been great also. Is he he is. Of the... He is the biggest re- revelation of the Edwards Galtier era, isn't he? I completely agree. He's the biggest revelation. The second biggest revelation is just how much of a gigantic twat Fabian Galtier is. Yes. But again, I guess we'll come to that later. But he's still not the uber twat because that's Bernard Laporte who is the high chief <laughs> of that particular. Well, yeah, you know, he's just the uh, group. you know the apprentice there, isn't he? Surely <laughs> the archbishop of the pantheon <laughs> of twats is uh, is Bernard Laporte. Indeed. Right, any more news? Um, 
the Scotland squad for uh, this Friday's Six oh, Nations yes. game that shouldn't be going ahead uh, is uh, is up, and there's some talk that the deal that they worked out with the Premiership only allowed them to select five players from the uh, from England to that is so random. Join up. It's weird. yeah. Well, because Sean Maitland hasn't been included, despite obviously being quite a key player and everything. But there's other talks that maybe they agreed it with the Premiership and not with the Championship, and so that's why. Because obviously he plays uh, for Saracens, and, and they, they are need, under no such. They need all the help they can get. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, those guys. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, Adam Hastings is back. Um, in the frame, which is is useful because it means Stuart Hogg's not going to have to play fly off. Uh, Johnny Gray's injured, um, but other than that, it's sort of as you would expect, really, um, mm-hmm. a solid squad to say the least. Are France losing anyone? Or are they? Or has Bernard Laporte worked his magic? It seems like I haven't heard anything, but I assume that they've they've worked something out. So that's Friday night, isn't it? Yeah, Friday um, night lights. Just I'm, to make it even worse, they're going to put the game on on Friday fucking night. I'm covering it for the Guardian. I got an email saying, "Oh, you, if this goes ahead, will you cover it?" Yes, of course, of course, I will. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. So that's it for the news, is it? I think it is. Yeah. Well, and that's for the first time ever. I'm going to be saying this: that non-patrons will be leaving us now. It's been nice, guys. Um, to return later on for a bit of shit, good, but you won't be getting all the other bits in between. So thank you very much, all you patrons who are staying with us. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Shall we do shit good now? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? And that will welcome back our non-patron friends, I think. Oh, yes. Hi, non-patrons. You missed some absolute fucking gold. Yeah. I said some really profound shit about the nature of fandom. <laughs> right. Yeah. What have you got this shit, or should we just go straight to the gallery? Uh, Johnny May. Imagine getting stepped and then done on the outside by the geriatric ghost of Keith Earls. There's a point at which you have to accept he's still a bit of class, Keith Earls, isn't it? We have to. Last week he was outstanding in defence. Yeah. This week, outstanding in attack. What more can he say? Indeed. Very close to finishing that cross kick try as well, wasn't he? He really was. That was a lovely finish. Not as close as Rizan it was. Ooh, don't even. I was covering, as I said, the Wales game for the Guardian, getting myself very excited towards the end and trying to type, going like literally minute by minute, every minute, <laughs> writing what was happening. And at which point my phone lit up at the side of me because I was on the feed. Hmm. I was on the, you know, I was watching on the computer feed. Uh, text from my son just saying, fuming. 
So I was a minute behind, but I knew that oh. France were about to score because because my son is is a Welsh person. So he'd obviously text me. So yeah, that was shite. So I got yeah. it. I don't know why I just thought of that. What else have we got? This shit. I've got here. Ian Gareth says that shit is the 4D turbo wankery being displayed by some journalists and pundits trying to justify including six or seven England players in the Lions team, including the Sunday Times Archdeacon of Cons playing Tripperick at eight, just so he could pick <laughs> Curry and Atoje at six and at seven and six, respectively. I mean, look, Delalio writes for that paper as well. So, oh, you mean, oh yeah, the, the award winner. Yeah. Tripperick at eight. Whoever heard of such a thing? Imagine that, Tipperick at eight and Stockdale at fullback to play South Africa in the summer. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, what can you say? <laughs> if, if Lions teams have been shorn of Scotland players because they've, in past, because when the fucking pressure has come on, they've wilted then exactly the same metric should be applied to England players based on what's happened to them. In I the think last... everybody apart from Itoji, I would say, because he's definitely shown that he's got what it takes to play against a team like South Africa, I think. Yeah. He's got enough in the bank. Curry, at this stage of his career, I don't think, should be displanting people who've been doing it at seven internationally Fuck for them. a few years. I, I think mean, he should maybe go on the tour. Contra- but... Yeah, I'd have him in the, the squad maybe. But to be honest with you, there's a hell of a lot of back row players who deserve it more than he does. Stander. I don't think he played that much better than Will Connors, for example. No. Stander, you know, on the fucking plane. Hamish Watson on the plane. Tipperich, obviously, on the plane. Again, ahead of ourselves, eh? The Six Big jo- yeah. Big Josh Navidi. Like, it's hard He's been to... a fucking revelation since he came back. Genuinely. I think he might season. miss out, because I think they might take Byrne as a sixth. I think Gatland looks at what Big Josh offers, and <laughs> and, he, and he and he says yes, and he, see, and he sees that it is good. <laughs> he looks upon these works <laughs> and smiles, and he goes, "I have made an absolutely horrible Test match animal out of that dreadlocked, dazzlingly attractive man, Josh." Yeah, Davis. he's incredible for it's a man who spends how attractive he is. Yeah, for a man who spends his entire career sticking his head in places. <laughs> Yes. That you should not want to go. Josh Navidi is unbelievably good looking. Uh, right then, moving on. What else have we got that's shit here? Uh, James Adamson gets in touch. He says that shit is that last gasp win against France is probably enough to keep Jones in a job and taking England backwards for at least another 12 months. Well, we covered that before, I think, James. Um, I see what you're saying. I can see your frustration, but I think he's... And it's hard because, you know, if we're going to the... Well, let me put it this way. I'd like to see some... Well, we're going to definitely see some new blood and a new approach if the tour does happen in the summer. If it doesn't happen, it's a long fucking six months to wait for autumn without really knowing what the hell he's doing. I'll say that much. Yeah. And, and if the tour does happen this summer, it's going to be a tour to of the USA and Canada. So it's kind of... And as we've already you know, established... 27 of the squad will be on the Lions tour, regardless of form. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, you know how like last time England were in this dip, they had that tour of South Africa and that third test win, which yes. a lot, lot yeah, of the players yeah. have basically said was the moment that sort of turned things around. I don't think battering Canada with the seconds 
is really going to do that. So, it, you know, it's going to be the autumn before anything like that. Like, really, yeah, it's a it's a difficult time. I mean, I, I just, I can't wait for the World Cup when Ben Youngs will be earning his 177th cap <laughs> starting the opening game. Can't wait. Um, what else have we got uh, here that's shit? Uh, Mike Swinson gets in touch. He said, shit is having a dog going camp for the Six Nations and not the sniff of a cap. Yeah, he's not interested, in he? Do you think maybe he was like Clive Woodward and he hadn't seen him play? Maybe. Maybe he just heard was, he was looking, really Looking quick. forward to see this Paul yeah. dog going. I've seen him now and I'll be honest, he's not very good. So <laughs> I don't watch Wasp games. Although I, <laughs> although I can't I can't send him back to his club because that'll look bad like I don't know what I'm talking about. So he'll have to, he'll have to just stay here. <laughs> just to stay here, fucking just running sprints for the entirety of the Six Nations. But of course, on Eddie's usual measure, shouldn't he's been in camp with him for eight weeks? Yeah. So that means he should be 240% better. Yeah. So 30% increase can, every yeah, week. Unless he comes back to Wasps and literally scores 700 tries for fun. <laughs> 700 tries. On, like. Bench presses a Range Rover beforehand. <laughs> uh, uh, what else have we got here? Shit-wise, we've got Grant Taylor. He says... Shit, is the creeping cunt's trickery come into the game? Carrera's doing the gouging, Wilhelm's oh, as well. Oh, that was nasty. Genji's elbows. It's weird, isn't it? Well, it's, you know, we're never more videoed than before, and people are Absolutely. still somehow trying this shit. Like you're going to get away. I mean, to be fair, Ellis Genji got away with it because he hasn't been sighted. That's but incredible, that, by the way. Yeah, Richie was genuinely. dropping his elbow. Yeah, flat. repeatedly, and, and admitting to it. I could not help but smile when he was like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one me in the head, sir. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> when we see his head, it deserves elbowing. <laughs> it's glorious country, and I'm here for it. And yet but, not. But yeah, it's, at the same time, I expect stop. I expect the violent shit to get caught and cited. But... Uh, David Goodge says, David Goodge is here as well. And he says, shit is the Lions 15s. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah more he said that. Also shit, David says, that was me reading all of them like I'm picking at a scab. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> you really go, what the fuck's this knobhead picking here? Nothing's as bad yeah. as Stephen Ferris's though. That was No, Stephen Ferris's one is the, you know, a proper... I, you, uh, you should go and have some stuff looked at if that's your Lions 15, mate. Uh, dancing Ted Danson says shit is Ellis Genge not getting cited for, uh, despite admitting on the ref mic that he actually done it. Because <laughs> you only cited it was a red card offence and that was definitely a red card offence, wasn't it? 100%. Very strange. He put multiple elbows into Jonathan Sexton's face and it doesn't matter if he was being held down. If the fucking beast says that... You're a fucking Roman, and you need sorting out. You know, a man who's 120 odd caps, World Cup winner, knows how. Yeah, knows all the knows, tricks. Yeah, knows all of the shithousery that goes on in the scrum, and thinks that you're a bit of a Roman. I think you should probably be cited somehow. <laughs> uh, porridge pusher gets in touch. He says, "Shit is pundits and players treating legitimate criticism as if folks on Twitter are showing up to their homes with burning torches and ill intentions. Well, that's what it... But where will it end, though? Yeah. I literally had to talk Josh down from doing exactly that. Yeah, I was always right. I was going to hop up, you know, fuck the lockdown. I was going to go right up to Liam Williams' house and, <laughs> and write, you're a, you're a fucking moron on his lawn in shaving foam. 
Thorvin the Red says, shit, is Delalio in general? Yes, but specifically yes. calling England's early three points the fast start they were looking for. And then also, and then also said that someone was forced to do a neck roll. Yeah. Yeah. No. He is incredible, isn't he? He is. He is genuine. Like, Lawrence Delalio has genuine insights to offer. He does. He does. That's about the, the thing. game of rugby union, yeah. but he absolutely should not be allowed to commentate on either wasps or England because, in both of those scenarios, he absolutely loses any <laughs> modicum of sense. Yeah. And I get it. I understand it. Yeah. Don't do it. It's like it's, to be honest, it's it. like fucking Jiffy with Wales. Don't do it. Yeah. When he's groaning just... and making noises off camera, and oh. Wales aren't doing well. That's just stop doing that job. Stop giving well, him that gen- job to do. Genuinely, just, I mean, I don't, the difference is, I don't think that Jiffy's got anything positive to add to rugby anymore. He doesn't That's care true. about the sport of rugby union. He doesn't like it. Doesn't watch it. Whereas Delalio genuinely does and is. It's just, he's an unbelievable homer and an unbelievable biased commentator. And just, just take it out of it. Just let him commentate on Scotland games. Did you see the video that Jiffy put up of himself on Twitter this week? Yeah. Singing along to The Living Years by Mac and the Mechanic. Well, not even really singing, just saying no. about three words in the middle of a line and then saying, I love this song. I'm having a glass of wine. I mean, it was the sort of vibe that led me to think that he might start asking Premier Sports about their subscriber numbers <laughs> on Twitter again, you know? <laughs> that was the start of a dark night. I think. <laughs> Fast forward four hours and nothing good's happening there. Oh, right. So that was the shits. Have you got any more? Uh, no. What have you got that's good? Um, Mentioned a lot of them already, haven't we? But... Yeah. Os- straight up, Osprey's winning at Leinster on Friday night. Like, look, it was overshadowed by the rest of the fucking weekend, but away teams winning at the RDS is proper rocking or shit, uh, and that counts quadruple quadruple when you're a Welsh team and if you're you know, 14 points down with 10 minutes to go and you score three tries. And also, you know, hot off the presses tonight, um, Scarlet's came down from, I think, uh, 29... I think something like 29-13 down at half-time and they've come back to win 43-29 and the Blues have beaten Edinburgh tonight which could mean, with the Dragons winning yesterday, that all four Welsh teams... are oh, yeah, Scarlets were 21 points down at half-time, and they won 41-36. Fuck, man. Um, the Blues got a bonus point over Edinburgh, which could mean that all four Welsh teams are in the challenge, the Champions Cup next season, which is unprecedented. You know, that stuff, that sort of shit was not supposed to happen this year, so... Yeah. Indeed. A Luke Price off Ospreys as well. A Luke Price off Ospreys won in Dublin. We were losing quite heavily when he was on the field and we got instantly better when he went off. But it still counts. It still counts. (laughs) He got him exactly where you wanted him. (laughs) But yeah, you know, on a shit weekend for Welsh rugby, a real silver lining. Ian McGill gets in touch. He says... I'm feeling for Josh big time, but I've got to say it. Good. The final five minutes of France versus Wales was the purest distillation of why we love sport. I think you kind of agree, don't you? It's why you hate sport this weekend. Yeah. It's why you keep watching it, isn't it? Yeah, in some absolutely. Ways. 
Moggs Jones gets in touch. He says, good is rugby. We got it at the Wales result, but I really enjoyed Saturday. Alan McDonald. Very entertaining game of rugby. It was a truly wonderful game of rugby, actually. Yeah. Uh, and everything. I mean, what was it? it? Six did. held up tries? Something stupid. That's like got to that. be a record. Yeah. It, was very it was very silly. It was <laughs> a very silly game. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Have you got any more good? Uh, we've already talked about Gail Fiku. So, yeah, that's kind of me done for good. We've not done a team of the tournament, haven't we? But he'd, he'd be my 12. Yeah, he'd be my player of the tournament, to be mm, totally honest with you. I think where DuPont will probably get it because everybody just, you know, it's I think he's been fit the standing him. item. I, think, I don't think he's been very good this tournament. I mean, when he's Whereas magic, it's that, something else entirely. When he's magic, he's unple- yeah, he's breathtaking. But Fiku has been unbelievably good in all of France's games. And even in that game against England that they lost, he was probably the best French player on the park. He's a revelation. Alan McDonald gets in touch. He says, good, the clear and easy to follow interaction between Luke Pierce and the disembodied head of Wayne Barnes. I mean, that was very funny and weird. Looming out think, of the darkness. Do you think that he realised that he'd be on a black background when he wore a black shirt? <laughs> Who owns a black shirt in 2021? And it anyway. looked like, the way the light in was, it just looked like he had he a looked, big tash as well. It looked like Holly from Red Dwarf. He did look like Holly from Red Dwarf. It was really weird. I did like the interaction. It was nice to hear. However, I didn't like that, they, that Wayne Barnes in particular constantly referred to Luke, Luke Pierce as mate, mate. at oh, the end of every phrase. I hate it. Yes, mate. I agree with that, mate. Not sure about that, mate. I'm going to look now, mate. We're trying to find another angle, mate. Uh, Luke Pierce, when I'm not your fucking mate, just just please <laughs> tell me what you can say. Firstly, not your fucking mate. <laughs> Secondly, try yes or no. <laughs> um, I didn't say you were your mate. I said you you are a mate. You must have some mates. <laughs> uh, Matthew Borthwick gets in touch and says, "Good, Delalio appearing to go through the five stages of grief, commentating on Ireland versus England." It was ever thus, Matthew. It was ever thus, Matthew. J Mask OC says, "Good is Munster versus Treviso because it was a world first. A competent ref took charge of a Pro 14 game. I didn't see it, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. I believe it. Yeah." Simon Payton says, "Is it good that during the Nas- Irish national anthem, overhearing the TV crew saying faster, faster as they pass down the as they pan down the team, you can hear everything in the anthems now. Currently, when it panned down the it's Wales crazy, list, Wales uh, team." You could hear them all singing, and it proved unequivocally the stereotype that all Wales yeah. people Welsh people can sing is patently untrue. Because three quarters of them sounded bloody awful, like a yeah, goose farting absolutely. in the fog. It was not good. Um, Ed Hill gets in touch and says, "Good is Hamish not held Watson standing out in this tournament." I think. Yeah, he's another a, a good shout for player of the tournament. I think. Ed says, shit, his curry will still get picked ahead of him for the Lions. <laughs> now, now, let's find out. Yeah. We still don't know if the Lions is happening, He's probably guys. not going to, is it? I mean, Curry yeah. does look like a Gatland player. That's what I don't like, you know. He is, but then I just think Gatland is suspicious of any... People with hair with like that. that. Hair, well, that flanker <laughs> with that haircut, you've got to really, you know... Yeah, we've been out a lot because even when we were out of lockdown, that hair didn't move, did it? Yeah, no. He's committed to that. Ollie Galloway says, "Good was Rufus McLean's try against the Dragons." Yes. Oh yeah. Did you see well, his, was... his his into out on that? By the way. Oh. 
Involuntary I mean, noise. It took a, a lot, you know, a player as quick as and as defensively solid as Ashton Hewitt, it takes a lot to stand him up like that. And he absolutely got, he didn't know where he was going. It was beautiful. Ian Gareth says, good is Tom Curry's post-match interview after Farrell and Itoji bottled speaking to the press. Uh, insightful, honest and gutted and classy and actually answered the difficult questions being asked. I thought that was real leadership, says Ian. Yeah, I thought it was particularly cruel to send him out there. Obviously, I suppose, is is it part of it? Is it a development opportunity for him? Are they seeing him as a kind of future captain or something? I don't know. I thought it was a bit fucking shitty, though. They did, they, that's who they sent out. Yeah, of all the people to get sent out, it was very much a, you know... I wanted only Farrell to come out and go, there's nothing bloody wrong with me, Ed. <laughs> well, that was the obvious excuse for not sending him out, but... There's plenty of experienced players in that squad that could have, you know, put their hand up there. Hmm. Dennis Souter says, is good as daily twatting over a drop goal conversion. And he actually had a non-shit game, that's true. Drop goal conversions are the future, I think. They should just make them compulsory. Be a great leveller, wouldn't it? Yeah, if we're going to introduce a sort of 60-second clock, why not make it 30 seconds and make it a drop goal? Never mind all this fucking metronome and routines and taking 90 seconds. Just fucking, yeah, you've just... Boom. Give it to the full Serevi. Jack Hurst gets in touch. He says that good is the renaming of Wayne Barnes to Wayne in the van, like a caller to an overly controversial radio call-in show. <laughs> Wayne in the van's on again. What have you got on now, Wayne? Well, listen, mate, right? What I think, right? First of all, Wayne, I'm not your mate. So. Was a, yeah, they both did a good job, but their their sort of patter was not exactly warm and natural, was it? No, right. No. I do like Luke Pierce though. Me he too, has a very, um, a very, very, very an good easy breath. way of being incredibly competent, and that's not an easy thing to pull off. No. Uh, Colin McBride gets in touch. He's as good as Ian Henderson. Yes. Yes. Grown into a player, you can imagine becoming the midweek captain in a normal Lions tour. Uh, I think he should be in contention for the test team. Says Colin. And yet still he's, looks like he should be walking around an estate in a tracksuit drinking, drinking a can of Relentless. Yeah. Never he's never going to gonna shake that, is he? No. I realise that now. He's not going to grow into that. Uh, Bruce McConaughey says, new patron, Bruce McConaughey, thank you very much. He says, good is hogs through the leg pass mm. for no reason at all. Because why not? Yeah, you could have just passed it. Instead, he opted to do that. And why not, indeed? Tom Osdoba says, taking the high view, good was France versus Wales. It was terrifically entertaining. Special mention to Fiku, a player of the tournament candidate, as you've just said. Hello. Alongside Mish and any of the and any all of the Wales back row and Robbie Henshaw, who is probably the only Lions pick we can all agree on. Uh yeah, hundred percent. He's the only decent twelve. Really. And that brings us to the end of this. I think so. Thank you, everybody who signed up new this week. Anybody else who wants to miss out on the stuff that you've missed out on, get to patreon.com slash blood and mud. Give us your support. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you, speak to you next week when the, I think the tournament will end. I can't be 100% Maybe. sure. That's, that's and we'll do our Lions stuff next week. Lions week and team of the tournament week next week. Cool. Speak to you Let's all. Josh sounds excited about it, as you can hear. Yeah, speak really to you. Excited. Speak to you all soon. <laughs> Goodbye. So long. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.